Avoiding certain people to protect your emotional health is not weakness. It's wisdom. You're listening to the Wisdom Worth Knowing live stream podcast. I'm your host, Craig Chamberlain. If it's your first time joining me, thanks. Welcome. You can subscribe on all of the major podcast networks, including Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and you can subscribe on YouTube, Rumble, and Facebook. This show is brought to you by Audible, where listening is the new reading. Get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks completely free for 30 days. Sign up right now at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing.org. I do monitor the show in the live chat on YouTube and Facebook. If there is some discussion or questions during the show, we will talk about it at the end of the episode. But we are going to open talking about the quote for today. Avoiding certain people to protect your emotional health is not a weakness. It's wisdom. There's a trap in this quote. I try to avoid, generally speaking, on a lot of these subjects because I I do enjoy a lot of these quotes, obviously. I, I picked a lot of them before I shared them on the Facebook page. And then based upon the response to the quote, I um <clears throat> I determined whether or not it's the, the topic for the day. So basically, it's decided by the community. But there, there are some reservations I have with certain quotes, because I think some of them have traps. Some of them, if taken to an extreme, just like most things, if taken to an extreme, can, can be toxic or negative rather than beneficial. And discovering that balance is difficult. It's also unique to the individual because there's a lot of things in this quote that are very personal. Avoiding is avoidance. Like the way we avoid people, places, and things might be different for us. You know, it may be separating ourselves from them. It may be to the point of not even having a conversation with them on the phone or on the internet. Or it could be just hey, you know what, I'm not going to be with this person at this place because we tend to get into each other in trouble. <laughs> so avoidance is something that you kind of need to define for yourself. What does avoiding look like for you? And and that's where this trap is, I think. If, if we take this as an absolutism and we too aggressively cut people off, that's not healthy either. So we need to first figure out for us what a healthy avoidance looks like. And like I said, for certain situations and people, it might be it might be different. I would I would argue it probably is different for every situation. So avoiding certain people to protect your emotional health. Protect your emotional health. This emphasis on self-protection. also depends on your own self-awareness. Like, in order to protect somebody or ourselves from something, we need to first know what our weaknesses are. You know, if you look at, like, a suit of armor, whether it's military or, or whatever it might be, 
armor protects the most vulnerable parts of ourselves. And if we wrap ourselves in bubble wrap and wrap ourselves in Kevlar and protect ourselves so extremely, we might not even be able to move. So there is a level of protection that is not good, right? So if we, for example, if we wore so much armor that we protected every inch of our body, we may not even be able to walk. It may be so heavily heavy and so cumbersome that we can't even move. And then what's the point of being protected if you can't actually participate in whatever activity requires the protection? What use is a soldier who can't move, right? <laughs> so, so if we take that protection element to the extreme, we can definitely block off so much that we don't even grow or develop or participate in the things that we enjoy or the things that are necessary for life. So we can definitely take that to an extreme. Are we overprotective of ourselves? Or are we finding a balance? When you look at things like armor, it is designed to protect the most vulnerable parts of our bodies, our heart, our organs, while giving us the maximum amount of freedom so that we can move and engage in whatever it is that we're, we need to do. Or in this case, a soldier needs to do, which is move, adapt, be agile, flexible. What would you think of a soldier who has no protection at all? You'd probably think he wasn't very wise <laughs> to participate in battle with no protection, especially if that protection was made available to him and he refused or rejected it or never learned how to wear it properly, you know, never learned how it's supposed to fit. So protection is arguably necessary, not just from a military sense, of course, that's just an analogy, but it is, it is necessary for protecting us. And are we protecting our emotional health? Because like the quote says, it is not a weakness. It is not a weakness to know the most vulnerable parts of ourselves and then make decisions that are conducive to protecting those most vulnerable parts of ourselves. This won't be much use to you if I don't give you an example of some kind, right? So in my case, something that I need to do pretty regularly is to protect myself from anxiety. This is a particular vulnerability for me. It's just part of my character, part of my disposition. And so if I don't take steps to protect myself if I know there's certain situations or people who are going to trigger my anxiety, I may emotionally prepare myself for those situations going into them. But if there are certain people who exacerbate my anxiety on purpose, then avoiding those people may be the best way to protect myself. Or maybe not avoiding them, but distancing myself.
Avoidance doesn't mean completely cutting off. It means avoiding. And avoidance, by definition, is the act of keeping away or not doing something. The act, act of repudiating, nullifying, or rendering void. Dodging. We don't necessarily have to avoid things to an extreme. So we got to learn to balance that. First, we have to know our vulnerabilities. So that's obviously self-awareness is an essential component to this. And I'll talk about that a lot on the show. Self-awareness is something that only we can do. Other people can't come in and tell you who you are and what you are and what your weaknesses are. They can give you information that may be helpful for you discovering that. But the depths of your weaknesses are unique to you. They can only give you generalized feedback on what they've observed. Only you know the inside. You know you, you know how you internalize and process things. You're the only one who can know that. And you, once you begin to discover that and you communicate it to people, they, they may be able to help you kind of process those emotions because they've got a running history of what you've struggled with in the past. But ultimately, they do not know, they do not know you well enough. They don't have the inside information. So that is up to us. We do need to sit down and we need to take the time necessary to know what our vulnerabilities are, what situations or people cause those vulnerabilities to be exacerbated, and then what our avoidance looks like for those situations. Is it a complete separation? It is, a, is it a partial separation? Is it a time limit? Hey, I can only spend so much time with this personality type before I need to kind of separate. And there is wisdom to that. That's the last part of the sentence. It is not a weakness. It's wisdom. Wisdom is the application of knowledge. I mean, we are drowning in information right now. We, we have so much information that we can sift through and engage in and consume but we are seriously lacking in wisdom and wisdom comes from experience and application of information and knowledge and and part of the reason i think we struggle so much with wisdom right now is because it is difficult to apply knowledge and stay focused on a problem long enough to be able to actually cultivate experience in it because we're pulled in a million different directions all the time. So it is very difficult, unless we are intentional about it, to focus on the results of our decision-making process so that we can cultivate experience deep enough to apply knowledge and information to ourselves and to others. Wisdom is not an easy thing. It never has been. It never will be. Tapping into the experience and application of experience from others is tapping into wisdom. That's why listening to people is so beneficial. And, you know, and, and things like the Bible are useful because they, they offer a long-standing written dialogue of the human condition and the human struggle, struggle and how people have learned to live life well. 
through documented experience over many, many years. And if there's one thing we learn from history, it's that we haven't learned from history, right? So we we have this tendency of, of recreating and reliving the same problems that were already discovered and solved by people before us. That is an ultimate lack of wisdom. It's deciding, you know what? I'm going to figure all this out on my own. I'm not going to tap into the collective experience of people over hundreds of years. I to quote one of my favorite shows. These people convince themselves that somehow it'll work for them. But maybe it will work for us. <laughs> we, we have a tendency to convince ourselves that we are an exception to the rule, especially on things that have been cultivated by collective wisdom over hundreds of years. People somehow convince themselves that they can steal and get away with it. They can lie and get away with it. They can cheat and get away with it. That their situation is an exception to that rule. But lying, cheating, and stealing have hit, have a long, bloody history of just not working. But we think it'll work for us. You know, that's what we do. We're humans. Tapping into collected, collected, ex collective experience from people before us is wisdom, and it, it will give us at least some self-awareness of the things that have historically been stumbling blocks for other people. I hope that makes sense. I hope I'm communicating that effectively. I think that's why taking a position of constant learning and humility, and humility is not this pious self-loathing thing. It's this, this, this awareness that we are only one person with one experience like one life experience we do not know. We, we only have a small glimpse into the fullness of human experience. So humility is just acknowledging our finite experience. It's, it's acknowledging that there's still so much we all have to learn from each other. And that we may, we may be really, really good and effective and knowledgeable about a specific area, and that's great, and we can share that experience with others, which is awesome. But it's still just one individual experience. And we, we need to be aware that we could be wrong. We're probably wrong. That doesn't mean we don't communicate what we've experienced up to that point. We should always aim to be honest and truthful. Because that's how we're going to learn. If we, we keep our mouth shut all the time and we don't communicate our experience, then one of my favorite quotes from Peterson was, to lie is the same as not existing. If we lie in certain situations, we are not being true to our experience in that moment. We may be wrong, but it's better to be wrong and honest so that we can learn than it is to lie. That is a skill. Being honest is a skill. It's not something... I didn't realize how dishonest I was until I, I actually tried being honest all the time. <laughs> if you're wondering if you're a liar, do the liar-liar test. 
Say, you know, for 24 hours, I'm not going to tell a lie at all. And then try it for a week and then try it for a month. And then you'll start to really, really realize how dishonest you are in, in these seemingly little insignificant things. That was very sobering for me. But I, I decided, I'd made a decision. I'm going to try to be more honest. And this resulted in a lot of friction and a lot of conflict in my relationships, especially when people got used to me lying. And so then I had to learn tact, which is, uh, which is the way of effectively communicating truth without being a jerk. That's the nice way to define it. Learning how to effectively communicate and be honest? Very few people even learn that skill. And it's, it is a difficult skill, and I still fail at it a lot. So... <laughs> Wisdom Worth Knowing is brought to you by Amazon Audible. If you're like me and you love reading but don't have the time, then audio, Audible audiobooks may be the perfect solution for you. With Audible, listening is the new reading. You can pop in your earbuds and discover that next exciting adventure or expand your knowledge from any PC, Mac, Android, Alexa, or Apple device. And check this out. Because you listen to this show, for a limited time, you can get instant access to thousands, that's right, thousands, of audiobooks from Audible's Premium Plus catalog completely free. Just visit audible.wisdomworthknowing.org right now and take advantage of a free 30-day trial. That's right, for 30 days, you'll get full access to Audible's Premium Plus catalog as well as an additional free title of your choosing. If you discover audiobooks aren't for you, no problem. You can cancel instantly online. That's it. It's that simple. Two years ago, audiobooks began to change my life, and they may change yours, too. Pause this podcast and head over to audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing.org and sign up right now. We're going to check out the discussion time here in a moment. But avoiding certain people to protect your emotional health is not a weakness, it's wisdom. It is. It's wisdom. And that is the that is the application of knowledge, right? Learning to knowing yourself so well that you know specifically what it is that you need to avoid is incredibly valuable. It also doesn't put you in a situation of setting yourself up for failure, which is another thing we have a tendency to do. Let's use, I like to use basic real world examples for stuff like stuff like this. If we are currently struggling with something like a diet, why do we continue to put ourselves in situations where we're going to fail? Do we go to our favorite restaurant that has the most unhealthy thing on the menu still, even though we are trying to cultivate the beginning habit of a diet? It's like, no, that's not wise. Or well, let's say it's an addiction. Are we trying to stop drinking because we're at a stage where we want to become healthier? Are we still going to bars and hanging out on the weekend? That's not wise. I'm not saying you can never go there, but there are stages in which we need to know our own weaknesses or at least have a heightened awareness to what may cause us to stumble so that we can avoid those situations to cultivate the better habits. 
And it's amazing how we do this to ourselves. We, we tend to think like, no, I can handle this. Or we literally walk into the, the, the most ridiculously unhealthy situations for something we're trying to be successful at. We don't even take the time to consider that, you know what, maybe this is a situation or a place I should avoid or a person I should avoid until I've at least got some experience under my belt on on on, on dealing with this issue. We just jump headfirst into the most unhealthy situation for that. I, I, I do it too. Like, I don't understand why I do it. I, that's what we do. We convince ourselves we can handle way more than we should even put ourselves through. It's okay to separate ourselves. I had somebody actually respond on um, this this post they they had mentioned because they know I'm a Christian and and Christianity is a big part of my experience. And and he had mentioned he goes well how are you going to love others people other people well if you're avoiding them and Christ said you have to love others like you love yourself. There are many instances in the Bible where Christ, who is God incarnate, according to the Bible, separated himself from situations. I, I mean, he frequently separated himself and prayed. Like this was just something he did all the time. It was like constantly. That doesn't mean he avoided things all the time as well, but he would frequently separate himself from situations. For a time. He just would. And sometimes the most loving thing we can do is show people that separation and self-care are important. Loving and taking care of ourselves properly so that we can be the best version of ourselves for other people is loving others well. Because if we don't take care of ourselves, we can't take care of others. So self-care and the, the occasional separation and avoidance teaches other people that self-care, separation, and avoidance are good things if not taken to an extreme. So if you're loving others the way you want to be loved, I would assume that you would want to be accepted in those situations where you have to avoid and separate. So loving other people also means loving them to the point of, of, of respecting the fact that they feel they need to separate themselves from this situation for whatever reason. We, l- we really need to get past this idea that loving people means approving of and agreeing with everything that they do. This That's not love. It's just not. If somebody loves you well, they do not agree with everything you say and do. They will occasionally push back on a decision you're making. If you want to agree that somebody loves you, 
or you want to believe that they love you, then they will occasionally say, hey, man, or what are you doing? I thought you were trying to stick to your diet, or I thought you were avoiding this person because they were bad for you. Like you will, If somebody loves you well, they will confront you. There will be friction there because they they want to make sure that you're trying to become the best version of yourself. Now, I'm not saying it's good to inject yourself into other people's situations all the time. That's that's a big trap trying to change people. But this 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 idea that love is approving of anything and everything somebody else does it that's not at all what it is. If you have kids, you understand this better than anybody. If you let if you agreed and approved of every single thing your toddler is doing, that kid would steamroll over you in a second. It becomes like survival. You know, having strategic pushback from your kids. Because they don't have any experience. They don't know how to navigate life. And sure, we're not perfect. We we don't know how to navigate it perfectly, but I would like to think that me as a 37-year-old can navigate a situation a little bit better than a 5-year-old. So me loving my five-year-old well doesn't mean agreeing with and approving of all of their behavior. And if you know five-year-olds, that's pretty obvious. Now, if I disagree with my five-year-old, does that mean I don't love them? No. In fact, it's the opposite. I love them enough to say, hey, you know what? You can't just start screaming and stomping and slamming doors and punching people every time you don't get your way. That's not how this works. (laughs) So... We, we really need to get past that idea. So moving over to the live chat, Jade says, great advice. Thanks, Jade, for sharing. Thank you for joining me this morning. Lorenzo gives a thumbs up and says wise words. Thanks, Lorenzo. Gianna says good morning. Good morning. Is it Jenna? Or it's probably Jenna. <laughs> Not, I'm so bad with names. I'm sorry for that. But it doesn't look like there's a whole lot of criticisms on that respect. Oh, Gina. Sorry about that. Like I said, I'm terrible with names. Gina says, I divorced someone because he couldn't care for me the way I needed. Not because I didn't love him. I do love him, and he loved me. Relationships are hard. They, they are. And they're very complex. They're layered in a lot of experience. We bring with us all of the baggage of our past and our history. They bring with them all of the past of their baggage and history. We bring our collected weaknesses in to a relationship, and we aren't honest up front, and that's okay. You don't, you don't dump all of your history. In fact, many times we don't even know what our baggage is until we're in a relationship, especially a the intimate relationship where people know us very well because we are so very good as individuals of hiding our weaknesses from others. But then when you're married or in an intimate relationship, you can only hide your crazy for so long. And we all have crazy. We all have crazy. And so the first seven years, even on a statistical level of marriage, are the most difficult. And I think it's because a lot of these character traits start to come out. We start to really learn the other other person, how they cope, how they adapt, how they react to situations, how we react and cope to situations. There's no better litmus test of how 
good or poor of a communicator we are than to be in a marriage or relationship situation. I'm, I'm grateful that my marriage has lasted 15 years, but that has not been an easy 15 years. We have gone through seasons that have been very, very difficult. And I can honestly say it may... It, People like to criticize the institution of marriage because it doesn't work out a lot. And it's like, no, you, you don't understand. Like this institution, it is a commitment, but you're dealing with two flawed people for life, right? So it is going to be a very messy process and it's not easy at all. And if one end of that relationship gives up, then the other end has to somehow figure out what, like it takes t two people to be committed, you know, like you can't just have commitment from one side all the time, you know, and it's just a very complex thing. It's not easy. But like you said, love is a lot messier than just agreeing with what each other says all the time. It's occasionally pushing back. And knowing ourselves really well isn't always help isn't always easy and sometimes we we just need to figure out how to communicate to people on how to love us well and then sometimes people just don't understand it like it's complicated so thank you for sharing that comment you're listening to the Wisdom Worth Knowing live stream podcast. This show is brought to you by Audible, where listening is the new reading. Get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks completely free for 30 days. Sign up right now at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E.wisdomworthknowing.org. I am your host, Craig Chamberlain. Thank you for joining me today. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe on your favorite social network. That's Facebook, Rumble, YouTube. We're also on all of the podcast networks, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, including extended networks on various apps. You'll just have to look us up. If you don't find me, please send me a message. I'll make sure we get listed on there as soon as possible. Thank you for joining me today. And until tomorrow, remember, avoiding certain people to protect your emotional health is not a weakness. It's wisdom. So let's work on being the best version of ourselves we can today because, remember, that's all we can do. I'll see you all tomorrow.